Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare are ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news, meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. Today, we're going to be doing a recap of the topics, stories, and conferences in 2023. And be sure to follow the show on social media at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 18 years of health ID blog content at healthcareittoday.com. 2023 was an interesting year, uh, kind of lots of ups and downs. And I don't know. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. It was a very interesting year for for health. Well, and it's weird because there's like a lot of successes, a lot of stuff pushing forward, but a lot of you know firings, like you know startups going under, etc. So it's just kind of made a really interesting uh, environment. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I think this year, John, when you and I have been on the road the most since the pandemic, right? Like we were everywhere this year. We were both road warriors. So that was fun. And that was a highlight, I think, in some ways, but also, uh, you know, like you said, it's a, it was up and down. Like some some weeks it was just like, oh, where, what city am I in now? Where are we going next? But yeah, the, some, of the, some of the stories were that we covered and some of the, the things we wrote about, they were amazing technologies, some amazing improvements. And then there were some stories that was just tough to write because it was you know, talking about some of the tougher times in the industry. Yeah, well, and I think, you know, we saw a lot of acquisitions and mergers. There was some consolidation that happened that was interesting. Uh, But, you know, as I look at it and I look at 2023, I think there's some big takeaways of big macro trends that are happening that are worth noting. And, you know, the one that I see, you know, that is a topic we've covered quite a bit on this uh, this show is – that I actually predict that 80 to 90% of people are going to use ambient clinical voice. Like that seems clear to me that they're going to have that. In fact, I'd go so far as to say that many doctors, when they look at where they want to practice medicine, they're not going to say, what EHR do you use? They're going to say, what ambient clinical voice do you have? Because that's going to become the physician interface is the ambient clinical voice. So to me, that's my big takeaway from 2023 is it's matured enough where just like when I first started blogging about EMR, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we started there and we said, "Um, should we implement an EMR? And then it moved to, yeah, we should implement it. How should we do it? And then the stimulus money hit and everyone said, slam it in there. But <laughs> like that's not going to happen with ambient clinical voice. But we were, we were at the stage at the beginning of 2023. It's like, should we implement ambient clinical voice? Now we're saying, which one should we implement? And so that to me, that's a big takeaway and a big evolution in 2023. Uh, and then here's another key fact for people. I think the differentiator is going to be the EHR integration of the ambient clinical voice. So watch for that as a kind of differentiator between the different options. Yeah, I mean, hard to argue with there. I mean, definitely ambient clinical voice was one of the top topics of anything that we read about, went to, talked to. Uh, for me, it's a sort of a similar vein. Uh, you know, my key takeaway of 2023 is how much um, health IT companies are leaning into AI. Um, every user conference I went to, every announcement, I mean, it's very clear people are leaning into AI, but not just for the hype anymore. It was like, here, here's how we're specifically going to deploy this. Here's the specific workflow we're going to try to improve with it. You know, here's what we heard from our users of where they want to see AI being being added. So 
I mean, AI itself, obviously a huge topic of 2023, but what I found in more, more interesting was just how much companies were leaning into it and being thoughtful on how they were going to deploy it. So, you know, whether it was an EHR, you know, a bunch of the EHR companies that we spoke to or went to their user conferences or whether it was just some folks we met, you know, at their booths, to me, that was the key takeaway is just how much these companies are, are really investing uh, to make AI happen uh, in a good way, in a smart way. Yeah, another big takeaway from 2023 is that most healthcare organizations, hospitals, health systems are doing app rationalization and trying to minimize the number of applications they have, the amount of investment they they do in that because they had app proliferation and now they're saying no, we don't want this. Let's let's slim down our stack. One because of security, two because of costs, three because it's confusing. It creates a bad user experience for the end users and the patients. So, you know, all of that, I think that's a big takeaway, you know, so all of these uh, are, you know, legacy IT vendor companies like Harmony Health IT and MediQuant and, uh, you know, these companies, uh, Galen Healthcare, which got acquired as well, you know, like those ones are going to do really well because, Every hospital and health system that I see is saying, let's minimize the number of systems we have. Let's, you know, let's uh, archive the data because we have to retain it for a certain period. So that was a big takeaway and a big focus of so many organizations. Yeah, again, hard to argue with that one. Definitely saw that trend as well. But my my other key takeaway, John, is um, the focus on digital front door technologies. Um, you know, because of, I think because of the revenue challenges, because of the staffing challenges, I just heard and felt and looked at the articles I wrote, and there was a lot on patient engagement tech, right? Self, patient self scheduling, uh, anything to basically try to bring in more patients into the provider side was talked about. Was was really a fo- and really a focus. A lot of the healthcare organizations I interviewed and spoke spoke to. That was where they're putting their money uh, in 2023 was on that front end. That's quite a change, right? Because before they were like, no, I don't think we need to do that. But now I think patients are saying you have to or I'm not going to you. <laughs> yeah, that was a key That was a key takeaway from the class event that you and I went to recently, the uh, patient experience summit, patient engagement summit that they had, uh, the patient innovation summit. And, you know, every, you know, we, I think Adam Gale was the one who said that, you know, we've moved from self-scheduling as a nice to have to a you better have this or I'm not coming to you. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's how far we've moved in 2023. And I think he's right. I know self-scheduling now is people are like wondering why you don't have it uh, for every type of, of appointment that they want to try and book. Yeah. The other one that's interesting is security. I mean, it's still top of mind for so many organizations. There's so many breaches. The ransomware is hitting them. So, you know, it's tough because it's never going to go away. It's always going to be there. It's never going to be perfect. But, you know, there's definitely has to have been some investment. And those that haven't invested are regretting it. And those that have, you know, sometimes they regret it too because they still get breached. But most of them, at least, you know, it helps out that they have a plan in place, you know, when the breach happens as opposed to, you know, just going ignorance is bliss that they realized i think in 2023 ignorance is not bliss when it comes to security so that you need to do a lot more to make sure you're prepared for it so so as you look across all of this john what, what's your take on the current state of the healthcare industry are we in a good spot are we in a not so good spot what's your take I mean, it's such a mixed bag, I think, for me, because on the one end, it's like the most exciting thing to hear doctors say, this is 
you know, w- this makes why I got into medicine worthwhile when they use like ambient clinical voice or something like that, right? Where they're like, this is how I wanted to practice medicine. And, and you know, even some automations on the RCM side, right? Like, oh, we're getting paid for the work that we actually did. That's good, right? And, and so, you know, on that side, that there's some real innovations that are happening that are exciting and, and they're, you know, really changing the entire environment. But on the other end, we're all getting pinched, especially with the extra costs of uh, doctors, nurses, travel nurses, et cetera. You know, the workforce issues are still a big problem and they're plaguing a lot of the budgets of these organizations. And so I, I would say right now it's a bit of a tepid market, you know, that uh, and uncertain. I think that's what I'd hear from most people as we went to the conferences is like, hey, we're we're having success, but there's uncertainty about the future. So I'm afraid to invest more because I'm not sure how it goes. Yeah, I, I think if if you look at the market at a macro level, I think we're treading water. Meaning, I, I think there are some, because I think there are some pockets of healthcare that are doing well. I think I just mentioned, you know, digital front door, right? You talk to companies like like the Kairoses of the world and and anybody doing uh, any self-scheduling, you know, um, they're, they're doing well. I mean, those are the investments that people are, are, are making. Uh, but then there are other parts of the of the um, of the spectrum where they're not doing so well, right? They're having to contract. So I think overall we're kind of in, in a sort of let's wait and see, very tepid as you put it, market um, where we're not really making big investments. And certainly, if you were a startup in 2023, I mean, boy, that was like talk about real trouble raising money right now, right? Like, there's not yeah. a lot of startup activity happening. It's so, true. The fundraising market's a little, you know, <laughs> it feels yeah. that tepidness, I guess. <laughs> That's probably one of the worst places to be right in, in healthcare was that market was really bad. But as you just mentioned, like cybersecurity was an area where we saw some investment, right? We saw some people talking about that. I, I remember speaking into Pure Storage and they were having a, a banner year, you know, just with, with, uh, with the amount of um, business they were getting from, from healthcare. So there were pockets, I think, of organizations and uh, in sections that did really well, but there were others that, that weren't doing very well. So if, to your point, I think it was sort of up and down. We're not really, there was no real clear direction. And I think that's unfortunately going to be the state of the industry heading into 2024, right? I think we're just going to carry over that for a little bit of time. But, but that's how I would characterize the 2023's industry. Yeah, it's true. It's been throughout the whole year. Uh, you know, I think there are some points that, you know, are being successful. But I think what I've heard from the CIOs, like when I went to Chime and I heard the CIOs talking, they were all saying, yeah, you got to come with your ROI very clearly because I can't go to the CFO right now and say, hey, this is a good idea. Like that, that doesn't work, right? You have to come with your clear ROI and help me make the case. Otherwise, the CFO will be like, get out of my office, right? I mean, the CIOs aren't even going to take it to the CFO if if it's if it doesn't have a clear ROI. So in some ways, that's a good thing, right? Uh, you know, it should have a clear ROI and there should be clear benefits. So in some ways, that's a maturing of the industry of sorts. But uh, yeah, definitely, if you don't have an ROI, if it's just an idea, especially if you're a startup and you haven't proven that ROI, that's a rough uh, road to hope. Yeah, and kind of related to what you just said there, John, like before, I, I I look at the healthcare market and I see it as one that's, I mean, we've always been risk averse, but right now they are really, you know, healthcare providers are really risk averse, right? And and I think they're consolidating, as you said, to reduce the number of vendors, but they're reducing the number of vendors to ones they trust and the ones that, that, that they've been working with for a while. So there's this sort of flight, I call it the flight to quality. I think people are really trying to say, listen, I don't need 14 
patient communications vendors. I don't need 14 different apps. I can probably get away with one or two. So I'm going to consolidate down to one of those one or two. And so if you're one of those one or two, you want to be obviously one of those one or two, but that is who they're going to pick is going to be based on, well, who's, who do they think it can grow with them? Who's going to be around in a few years? I mean, they're, they are kind of going to the stronger incumbents. So I think to your point, I think not only do you have to show the ROI, I think you have to show a little bit of, hey, we're going to be here for a while. Like we're going to invest. Here's our roadmap. Here's where we're going with this. That's why you should continue. It should continue to invest in this relationship and in this product. Um, that to me is the key for success in 2023. Yeah, I mean, we we hear it all the time from CIOs. They're like, well, if Epic offers it and it's 80% of what the other one does, why would I move, right? <laughs> I should just use the Epic, which I've already paid for. You know, at, sure, it's 80%, right? Uh, you know, now if it's a 20%, then we got a discussion, right? But, you know, if it's 80% there, Epic's still investing in it, they're going to grow it a bit, you know, then, yeah, I mean, it, that, that's what they're choosing is, is that. So it is interesting how much of the roadmap of Epic influences what who else you partner with, right? And they've tried to extend their whole partners, friends, pals, I forget what it's called exactly, uh, you know, like, you know, to be able to embrace some of that. But, it, you know, it is amazing the power that Epic has, but let's just throw the other one out there and that's Workday. Workday has essentially become the epic of ERP in healthcare as well. So, you know, most of the ERPs are running on Workday in healthcare also. So, you know, we're, we're seeing kind of similar actions happen in the ERP side with Workday. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lynn and Colin Hunt. Today, we're looking back over the past year and pulling out stories, conferences, and topics that left an impression. So I have to ask you this one, John. What were some of your favorite articles or interviews from the past year? And the only correct answer is all of them. They're all <laughs> beautiful snowflakes. <laughs> that is no, true. It's so hard to answer, right? Like, because uh, I could, you know, we could be here for hours talking about different ones. And, you know, I mean, I think that, that interestingly at Healthcare IT Today, when we do an interview, when we do an article, the goal is, did they provide some value? So to be fair, they all they all provided some value, but maybe a couple that stood out that were unique and then brought me something that's like, oh, I didn't expect that. Uh, you know, I, I had one interview with uh, Cognosis, which was an RTLS system, which I'd heard about RTLS. I'd wanted RTLS for a while, but it always felt like half-baked, you know, like where it's like, yeah, you could do it, but it's too expensive. Uh, you could do it, but it's not close enough. Or, you know, the infrastructure, you have to convince everyone in the hospital to let you carve up the hospital. We're not doing that. You know, like, and so when I interviewed him for Cognosis, he said he took it to the next level, not just is it easier to implement, which, you know, thank you technology for getting better that way. But he also took it to another level where he said, now we're not just saying, hey, where is the supply? We're actually using the data from the RTLS to know what the supplies are and restock it or move the supply where it needs to be so that you don't even have to look at the RTLS, that the RTLS is invisible. And I thought that was a really interesting next level innovation for RTLS. So that one, you know, that one stands out to me. Another one is Atropos Health. Uh, interesting company uh, that takes all the data and basically summarizes it into this note for complex patients, including all of the research 
on that specific patient. So, you know, it, it's a mixture of uh, good research, AI produced into this note, but, you know, their turnaround time is can be days. I mean, I think they do have it within a few hours for certain cases, and we'll see how quickly they can get it down to. But it was fascinating. Of course, this is for very complicated cases where there's like overlapping research and <laughs> overlapping data from multiple providers, and they aggregate it into one and give you a summary so you can understand what's needed. And I thought that was a really interesting uh, use because there is so much data out there. And, and, you know, while we'd love for ChatGPT to solve this for us, it's not there yet. So Atropos is doing essentially the manual version of ChatGPT that you can trust. So I, I thought that was interesting. And I'm sure that they're still applying AI and things like that to help them as well. So it will get better and better. You're you're so right, John, that we could be here for hours talking about all our different interviews that we did. We did so many this year. I was just I was just commenting before we got on air here. Like if you look at how many videos and how many interviews we did, even via email, it was a lot in 2023, uh, which is great. I mean, that's it's always fun to talk to people. And I know you and I both enjoy that kind of thing. So it's nice to see that there were so many this this past year. But there were a couple that, that stood out for me. One one in particular was very early on in the year when I did the interview with Trait Health. Okay. Um, and they a trait, sorry, and they, they you know they had their customer there, and they were we were talking about the initiative in Texas for uh, adolescent mental health, and that was very eye opening for me. I mean, it uh, a the, just the degree of the, of the problem of the challenge, um, and then to hear how they're really pulling resources together across the state to really provide this uh, mental health uh, um, uh, services to to youth in Texas. So A, amazing technology, B, an incredible um, you know, uh, purpose there. And just it was so much fun talking uh, to the two ladies just about their project. You could just feel the enthusiasm and the passion they had for this. So I just remember that interview sticking on my head because it was you just feel the energy uh, while we were doing it. So that, that one sticks out in my mind as yeah. one of many. Well, I got to interview Trait too. I enjoyed that. You know, I mean, what a great mission, an important one uh, for anyone that has a kid with mental health. You'll understand. You know, a couple others that stood out. You know, and I love the engaging ones, like the Proofpoint CDW one I did with, you know, two guys that I've known for a long time, and so you know, it was just comfortable and and there was no BS, right? Like it was just straight to the real talk, you know. And I thought that was good. Sensinet is a, a similar one. We did a Sensinet one with Intermountain talking about the security and models of security that can be used and and what they developed and published for others to be able to use. You know that they used all their you know, research from and data from Sensinet, but Intermountain's expertise and understanding to be able to create a model that everyone can use. So I think the model one was pretty interesting. And just to throw out one other model is uh, FinThrive. They came out with their RevCycle maturity model. So it was, you know, how are you doing in RevCycle? And they've just come out with some data. I don't have it in front of me right now, but the number of organizations that are in a very base level of maturity in their rev cycle and adopting things like AI and automation and let alone even more basic stuff is pretty low. So it was interesting to see them put that model out there so an organization could look at it and say, well, how are we doing compared to what others are doing in the industry? So I think that's going to be a really in insightful approach to, you know, as we go forward. Yeah, some other ones on on my list that I want to pick out. You know, I loved doing the Redrick Technology site visit. Uh, they let me come into their uh, their place of business, and I got a chance to see how they make their radiology workstations. And really, um, 
not only was that fun and and a unique opportunity because we don't get to go to do a lot of site visits like that, um, but also just learning how much emphasis they put on listening to customer feedback and incorporating that into their product. I mean, you think of a workstation, you don't really think of the SaaS model and how you can just improve it every time, but that's kind of the model they have. Like whenever they hear a piece of feedback, they say, oh, you can make it better by just doing X. That's right away into their next desk that they make, the next workstation. So it's kind of a unique approach. Really enjoyed um, you know, uh, going to their facility and interviewing those guys. It was really great. I have to say that another interview that I really enjoyed, um, again, just because for me, it's a new world. Uh, one that I hadn't spent a lot of time in, and that was with uh, Jennifer Mueller. Um, you know, she's the president of AHIMA, and I got a chance to spend time with her to learn more about the HIM world or the information management profession. And she was just amazing to interview. Uh, and and you got to be the, one, you know, on stage for the keynote. Yeah, that's... well, I got to save that for my next question. <laughs> oh, sorry, yeah, that's the next question. Sorry. <laughs> but actually, I, have, I do have to say that was probably the best lit interview I ever did because it was on the main stage. And so it was perfect lighting. It was like the, I'll never be able to recreate that level of lighting again. <laughs> it did look good. That's true. <laughs> yeah, we had like so many spotlights on that stage. It was amazing. Um, and then there was another one that uh, stood out for me. Again, learning something really new. Uh, that's when I did the interview with Jim Georges from HCA, which uh, we got the introduction from a clinical architecture. Um, and so Jim was telling me about the sepsis project that they had run and about using uh, clinical architecture to deliver quality data, but how the sepsis project actually helped them prepare for the next hurricane that they were in. And that was such a weird tie, but it was amazing to hear him make that tie. And, and basically yeah. it was because of the information they gathered that allowed them to be more prepared for the next hurricane. It was pretty amazing, and I, I really like that. Yeah, I'll throw one other logic source. It was really interesting. They basically aggregate all your cost data and say, where are your costs out of, and, and including what are your costs compared to other industries? So if hotels are paying XYZ for your you know elevator service and you're paying this, why are you paying that, right? It helps you negotiate your costs. So I was fascinated by that idea. I mean, simple use of technology and data to really make a cost impact. I loved it. So John, got to get to this question. What it was your favorite conference of 2023? Yeah, you know, it's, it's hard because uh, I, I enjoyed so many and I enjoy seeing friends, right? Uh, you know, I will say that, you know, this is a, a bit of a shocking that the first one that came to my mind was actually the Oracle Health Conference. And it's shocking because I only made it for one day, I think, or like day and a half, something like that. So I didn't even make it to the full event, but I just really enjoyed hearing what they were doing. The exhibit hall had a lot of the vendors that I really enjoy meeting with and being able to talk to them and hearing what they were doing. They put on, obviously, I mean, it's Oracle, so you can imagine the production was amazing and everything. So, you know, the keynote was a little lackluster. I told them on the feedback, I was like, yeah, you know, you could you could do a little more, right? Because it was so produced that you're like, oh, okay, yeah. But, you know, they, from an event and the people that I was able to meet there, I you know, it was great. It was a great time to be able to see all of the partners of Cerner that you know are working with them and so anyway it might be a little surprise since i only made it a day and a half and i wish i'd gone more so next year i'll be fixing that since it's back in vegas again nice nice well i i think 
as as people know who know me, uh, I love going to user conferences. So I have to give a shout out to the user conferences that I managed to uh, have the privilege to attend this year. Uh, Epic for the very very first time. It was it was rare they allow media there. So just thankful to be there, and it was an amazing conference. Epics, eClinical Works, NextGen, uh, all these organizations allowed us to be there, and I enjoyed all all of those. That were they were really great. But but I can't. I have to pick this one because it was such a unique experience for me. And that was a HEMA 2023, um, the conference in Baltimore, which happened at the same time that health did. But um, I got the chance to be the MC at that conference and to be up on the stage rather than being in the audience talking about what was happening on stage. That was very unique. And I loved it. It was a great experience. I had a lot of fun. I hope the audience had a lot of fun too. We got a left, we had, we had a few laughs together. And so being the MC for the entire three days was a lot of fun. Yeah, well, I see a new career. Uh, you know, hopefully next year you get a couple, couple keynotes, couple emceeing. I think that's a new, a new line of business for. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, I would. I heard that'll be fun. That'll be fun. <laughs> although, although uh, you know, I might have to you know get maybe a joke writer or something because I think I, I used up all my jokes. <laughs> the aim of twenty three. We could do that. We could find it. No, I'd say another one that was. Uh, I wasn't sure how it would be going into it. Uh, was the Civitas conference. And, you know, there's something about conferences. You need to understand the culture and you need to make enough friends to be able to have a good, good time at the conference. And maybe I've turned that corner with Civitas. So then I knew enough people that, you know, it was, it was really incredible to hear what was really happening with interoperability with HIEs. So that, that was a really fun one. And then of course, you know, hymns and vibe for me were, you know, that they'll always be good because there's just so many people and friends and smart people that you can talk to in the evenings at parties that, you know, during the day, go to sessions, stop by their booth. Right. So, you know, those two are going to be mainstays forever. And, you know, at least, you know, in what we do, I think it will be around for a long time and they were both good. And, one other chime as well. Uh, you know, chime is always if you want to know CIOs, you want to meet with them. It's still the best place to do that. Yeah, no, I mean, you can't argue with that. Hymns Vive were awesome. Uh, I have to say, our conference, of course, right? The the last Hitmic conference this year. Uh, yeah, are we was, biased for that? Yeah, yeah, we're a little biased, so <laughs> we won't we'll, we'll say more about that. But that was that's a lot of fun. Uh, and I have to say, you know, the MGMA conference with some of the changes they they are trying to make to that conference. I mean, that one uh, was a lot more energy this year. It stood out for me. It was in a great place in Nashville. So I have to give a shout out to them. So yeah, just a lot of memorable conferences this year. And, I, and the one thing I will say, we didn't cover it in the state of the industry, but even though the numbers weren't back, John, in terms of the attendance, I think the energy was back. This was the first year after the pandemic that I went to a conference. And I was like, oh, people are like really excited to be here. And like, does that buzz again? Uh, even though the numbers, I think, were still down across the board for everybody in terms of attendance, but but the energy was back. And I think every organizer I spoke to was commenting on that. Yeah. Well, I think at a lot of the user conferences that that it was even back you know, attendance-wise. I mean, I went to the AWS one. That's just another experience altogether, <laughs> like because it's cross industry, so it's a little hard to evaluate what's healthcare within that. But you know, I mean, we were we were pretty lucky this year. We were able to go to a lot of them. I went to Point Click Care. I went to SAS. I went. <laughs> we went to CES, which is a classic here in Vegas. So you know, but you're right. I, I think there is an energy, and it's proven that people want to get together. They want to connect with each other. So I, I don't think that's going to change anytime in the future. Well, John, that's the that's the wrap. That's the bow that we can put on 2023, I think. <laughs> nice. 
All right. Hey, th- thanks to all of you who tuned in to this episode of Healthcare IT Today. You can find more details about our show by checking out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your comments and your voice with the community at healthcareittoday.com and on social media using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung, along with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening and have a great week.